Cons. Welcome to the Hot Mess Comedy Hour. My name is Emily. My name is Andrea. Happy December, am I right? The holidays are coming up. Oh, let's get fat as fuck. Let's, let's celebrate. Let's give ourselves a gift and uh, go check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash hot mess. I'm going to tell you something because we have been trying to get you bitches to join. Get the oh, fuck by in the way, there. people who have already joined. Thank you so much. God bless you. We love you so much. Mm -hmm. uh, and we will continue to love you. But if you have not joined and you've been thinking about it, even if you haven't been thinking about it. Think about it. Think about it. December is the month to do it because we are going to give you a special holiday treat. That's right. We're not only going to give you the uh, both of the bonus episodes for the month of December at the five or ten dollar level, anyone who joins in the month of December, normally you can only access them at ten. So if you join in the month of December for five or ten dollars, you get both. You get both bonus show episodes for the month of December. Additionally, a picture of our pussies. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> We're not that desperate yet. <laughs> but we are desperate enough to film a uh, crossfaded. porn. A, okay. <laughs> a crossfaded get ready with us. This we're, is some internet thing Emily told me about. I was so, like, people give a shit about watching us put on so, makeup when you we're know, drunk. It's it's like a like a YouTube phenomenon. It's like a, a vlog style drunk get ready with us. Okay. Um, but Andrea doesn't drink, so she will be high. I will be crossfaded cross which is my favorite way to be i'll take a full edible and eat a tube of lipstick just you, join you Patreon. would do that yes i it, that's dedication right there i will drink a bottle of purel purel purex whatever purel. I don't know. <laughs> whatever absinthe. you need i'll get i can get you some absinthe should I relapse for this video? Do you think that would upset people or would what they be just, excited what, what by it? What if you it? just drank a whole bottle of um, like the economy sized Listerine? Yeah. I mean, because I feel like that would give you a buzz. That's rough. It's very stingy. <laughs> stingy. Yeah. If we get like $500 worth of people joining, I then would, you'll do I'll it. butt chug a bottle of Listerine for that price. That's how you well I'm doing. First. $500 is what it'll take for me to anally intake Listerine. Okay, so hopefully we get there. But Fingers even crossed. if we don't, we are going to be filming that this uh, Friday. Yeah. Uh, December Who gives a 9th, <laughs> something like that. Um, and then it'll be up shortly thereafter. Everyone who joins in the month of December will have access to that vlog. Um, both of our boyfriends will also be featured oh in some capacity in the video. And I know that you are a bunch of thirsty hoes. Yeah. And you want to stop see... calling my boyfriend gay. Okay. If there's no, one no, comment actually, actually, about it's... my incredibly feminine boyfriend, it's really inappropriate. I swear to God. I was on your Instagram the other day. <laughs> yes. Uh, as I am. Yeah. And I saw firsthand what you were talking about. And it's. It's gruesome Anytime what people I'm write like, about you. I'm so happy. They're like, that fucking piece of tiny bullshit Somebody can't wrote, love you the way I would love you. And I'm like, Yeah, like, do they want, they, is that their way of like trying to fuck? I guess so. That somebody said that he looked like a gay Woody Woodpecker. Yes. 
It's pretty rough stuff out there. Do they not think he's going to see it? It's just mean. Um, he's not on Instagram. So yeah, it's it's uh, patreon.com slash hot mess. Once more, join in the month of December. Get both bonus show episodes for the month of December and our bonus get ready with us crossfaded style blog. Yes. Blog, whatever the fuck. Vlog, blog. Call my boyfriend gay as long as you give me money. I don't care. You know, he isn't gay. I'll tell you that much. Ladies. And now joining us, that's my fucking great transition. The, uh, am I going to say gay, not gay? Is that how I introduce guests now? Yeah. I'm losing my fucking mind. Go for it. Welcome to the show, Shane Smith. Uh, sexuality undetermined. Yeah. And that's exactly <laughs> the way I like to keep it. A mystery. Thank you for coming on the show. Has anyone ever made... Uh, references to your sexuality on Instagram all the time, constantly, yeah. really, literally all the time. Yeah, my my sexuality is a big mystery. Okay, which I in itself is pretty gay. Yeah. Mysteries <laughs> are inherently gay, right? Yeah, there's yeah. I mean, Oscar Wilde's attached. sexuality was yeah. a mystery yeah, too. Like, oh my god, let's solve it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, uh, it's something. It's a little gay. Uh, yeah, people all the time. I feel like sometimes when I look at your social media, you'll post like snapshots of things that women have said to you online. I feel like yes. women come after you. Like I would suck you off. So I saw a Facebook comment that you posted yeah, yeah. where it was like the first comment was like, you're so talented or whatever. And then the second was like, I'm married, but I would let you turn me something crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Women. Uh, so I get them from men too, but that's no, that's not like a new thing. Right? Yeah. 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 All the ladies have been getting mad. I like to show people like, Hey, uh, let's get into this feminism. Women are as awful as men. How exciting is that? It is. It is so, true. Uh, it turns out that sexual harassment and people being gross has nothing to do with gender. It just has to do with people who are sexually in demand. Yeah, and yeah. Men are disgusting, so all women everywhere are in sexual demand. Yeah. But only very few men are in sexual demand, and I'm very lucky. Is that what I want to say? Yeah, yeah. To be one of them, so lucky. I get... Random women who are like, here's a picture of my tit. Sorry, my baby's in it, too. And you're just like, oh, my God. Like sucking on one of the tits. <laughs> Literally, a lady sent me. She was holding her baby and pulled the titty out. Wow. And she's like, couldn't get a babysitter. Here's my titty. Here's one. This is the good one. I was like, what does the bad one look yeah. like? Wow. I love that. I love a little creative freedom with a nude. Yeah. You know what I mean? With your baby in it. Yeah, sure. Why D not? Does it bother you or are you just genuinely like surprised? Like, oh, I can't believe that people are having this reaction to me. It doesn't bother me at all. Which yeah. I th it bothers people that I say that it doesn't. It really doesn't. Well, because there's not care. like a threat of violence attached to it, really. There is. I've had women stalk me. Really? I've had to get the police involved. <gasps> I've also had women try to like do crazy things to like hurt other women I've dated and stuff. Oh, no. yes. That's so it horrible. has gotten physical and it's also gotten like stalkery. Okay. Um, and the police obviously don't care. Yeah. They're kind of like, you're a guy. What like, do you dude, forget about? Yeah. 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 But then it, it when it, they bring other women into it, then people get kind of like, Oh, we got to stop them now. Right. So, but so I've had women mail me crazy things like their blood. No. Well, <laughs> yes. Like, stop. like in a vial yes. or their period blood, a vial of her blood for a magical ritual. She, said oh my god i'm gonna need to see that yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, i don't have it anymore 
But, what'd, you, um, what'd you do with it? I gave it to the police. She was a crazy person, so I gave it to the police. Yeah. Was that the only time you heard from her or you heard from her again? That particular girl had sent me like a bunch of uh, gifts that were nice also. And then she turned on me and got all crazy. because yeah, I wasn't she like, stand out. I wasn't like reciprocate. She was like, I'm putting in all... Girls do the I'm same thing the guys time. do where they're like, I put in the niceness now. Give me the dick. Yeah. You know? And I was like, no, that's not how life works. You can't just put... But what if you send a vial of blood? Then can I have it? I should have sent her a vial of my semen back or something. Uh, yeah, that's definitely would have stopped Someone else's semen. And then, yeah. and then I would have been like... you. And then she, uh, who knows she what she would have done impregnated herself with it. Do you think that's and how... And tried to t- trap you, yeah. Do you think semen works like that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. My own body, a mystery to me. <laughs> definitely not worth the risk. No, definitely not Ooh. worth the risk. Like, I do think the, the viability dies after a certain amount of time. Don't ask me how I know this. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I, I wouldn't risk it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wouldn't risk it. Well, we will return. I am coming out hot with getting mailed blood. We will return to you, but I have <laughs> a little story. Um, okay. So last week I was at, I was on a show, um, it, it, at caveat. Uh, it was an all women's comedy show. It was super fun, packed out audience. Uh, Rachel Green, past guest of the show, booked me to host it. It was so much fun. Um, just overjoyous people yelling about titties. Such a good time. Oh, the best crowd. Nice. Oh, my God. So wonderful. And I've, I'm hosting the show. At the end of the show, I'm going to uh, say hi to my friends, Hemda and Xerxes, they came by. And then I hear someone scream my name and they go Andrea and I like look around and this woman emerges and she goes you stole the weed and immediately I know fucking exactly what this is about so I don't know if I've told you I think I've told you this but when I was in college I went to college in in New York City and I moved here from Canada when I was like 18 I was very innocent and um kind of naive and I went to Parsons which is a design school and everyone's hoity-toity and like trust fund kids and fucking super mean and I got bullied a lot I was like you know in college with no friends and I got bullied a lot by, by a particular group of like power gays and like cunts with handbags. And that's oh, like very much the worst thing to get bullied by. Oh, ruthless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ruthless. Like these people would I remember one particular incident where I would go to like underage club nights mm-hmm. where you can go in and you have a wristband if you're underage, but you can go in and like dance or whatever. But I had a fake ID. So they all saw me like go past the line and they're like, Andrea, can you buy us all drinks and then we'll pay you back? And then I'm like, oh, my God, finally you're breaking in. So I buy them all like hundreds of dollars worth of drinks and then nobody pays me back. They all just like go to the private room that they have and ignore me. They were so these people made my life hell. Um, And so I I was finally invited like another friend was invited to this party but I was just coming along I was not invited but I finally made it into one of their like elite parties yeah you wormed your way in I wormed my way in (laughs) and I remember and I was wearing like Ugg boots and they were all like beyond disgusted at me and 
this girl, Holly Stare, I'll never forget her. She comes up to me and she's like, who are you? And I'm like, hi, I'm Andrea. And she's like, of course you are. And like looked me up and down and just like walked away. Okay. So these are the, these are these people. And at this particular party, now I was still drinking at the time and I was also on a lot of cocaine. So I <laughs> big reveal was feeling emboldened, <laughs> so to speak. And I kept go- doing coke with my friend who had brought me to the party. And I just remember having this moment like, I hate these fucking people and I'm going to ruin this party. And hell yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Right. I'm because yes. Thank you. Well, I think you shouldn't be with her yet. You're going to be with me. So I go out into the party because they're treating me like shit. They don't even know who I am. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm like, the, no one's going to notice. There's a table in the middle of the party that has a huge bag of weed uh-huh. and a huge bag of cocaine. And I I don't remember all of this. My friend who I came with said that I looked at him and I was like, I'm going to steal the weed. And he was like, what? And I just <laughs> like walked away from him. I don't I don't recall any of it. Apparently he was like he saw me going like talking to people kind of like on the perimeter of the table. Yeah, like yeah. kind of like circling the yes, area. Like a fucking criminal. Like a shark. I love it. And then I guess I just like swiped it into my purse and then I walked out of the party. And how he, much weed? Okay, so here's the thing. Now, so hold that thought. Uh-huh. So I then like sold a bunch of this weed i gave it to i gave it to people on the streets i was wandering around new york city just giving weed to people high off my fucking rocker i made weed brownies version of santa claus yes right (laughs) or like robin hood a little bit steal from the rich yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) and and i didn't like but then there was a whole apparently after i stole the weed the entire party was stopped and this one girl who's the girl in the audience was like who stole the weed? And they stopped the party. Everyone's bags were searched. It was like this big fucking drama. But you had already gone. I'd already gone. Hell yeah. With the weed. With the weed. And you treat me like shit and you don't know who I am. So you're not going to guess it's me because you don't even fucking know who I am. Well, it was this girl's party, right? It was another girl's party, but this girl who confronted me was at this party and was friends with this girl. Had she... Did she talk to you that night or she was just a third party observer? She was a third party observer, but like I slowly became a little more friendly with these people as college went on. I never liked them, but they knew of my existence a little bit more. And it was like folklore in my school. They started a Facebook group that said who stole the weed. And it was like dedicated to finding out who stole the weed. (laughs) It was this big fucking thing. Uh And I had it like in my dorm, in the drawer. It was so strong and there was so much of it. So I told, I ran into one of the guys in this circle, like maybe a year ago. And I told him and he was like, Oh shit. Andrea Allen stole the weed. Like, he was excited to know. He didn't give a fuck. Right. Of course. Um, But then he told everyone. Many years later. Yeah, it's 10 years ago. Um, But this girl was not psyched. She was very... (laughs) So did she come to the show explicitly to confront you? No, no. She just saw me and was like, oh my God, it's Andrea Allen. This is my moment to fucking call her out for stealing the weed. Because that guy had told her that you stole the weed? Someone else told her. I'm like, I don't know how to, how <laughs> it started. Yeah. yeah, the rumor mill. She was so... Over at Parsons <laughs> School of Design. Parsons School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. <laughs> and like, 
I like I crushed on the show, so I think like it was harder for her to be like fuck you. You know what I mean? Like I think it's yeah, hard. You seem bigger. Like as a as a entity, yeah. In general, you have like and en- there's energy to be doing well. Other people are kind of like exactly. In your shadow. Like she doesn't want to be a full on bitch. But then she was like, "Do you know how much weed you stole?" And I was like, "I don't know." Like. <laughs> probably like a bag full and i was there with a ba- my- that's not an amount i don't know Andrea. i don't know not I don't- a, that's not a me- unit of measurement a, a, a satchel full <laughs> maybe if it was grapes like a bag of yeah grapes. you know like a, like a ziploc like bag a, you know forget about and my pothead friends were there and she was explaining to them she was like you don't know she stole so much weed and then she was showing them like with their her hands how big it was and Xerxes, our like OG pothead friend who's from New York, was like, Andrea, you stole twelve grand worth of weed. Hot rules. <laughs> Hell yeah. So did you she was just like, You stole the weed, and you were just like, Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. I, I what do I, you I, want from me? I don't have it. Yeah, like she <laughs> like, can't hold you to it also. It's no. a- illegal drugs. It's the perfect crime. <laughs> oh yeah? Yeah. Well, I was like, I was like, yeah, I did. And I was first like trying to laugh about it. And then once I realized that she was like really not psyched, I kind of was like, well, and eventually I was like, hey, you know, your friends were like really fucking mean to me. And I was insanely drunk and on coke when I did that, which like isn't an excuse, but it does kind of like put a little bit of more of like my state of mind. I would never have had the balls. Yeah. There's like a point where you're like, I'm sorry I did the drug people thing at your drug people party. Yeah. It's like, what do you want? Don't like, leave it on the table. Don't you have fucking 12 idiot. grand worth of weed on the coffee table. Yeah. Sorry I did the thing that definitely was always going to happen. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know if they all pooled in for it or if this one girl bought 12 grand worth of weed I, I mean or she sucked 12 grand worth of weed dick yeah, yeah. maybe this girl's a little troll it is college fucking Kim. she works hard for the money i mean she was also like <laughs> she lived in a, she lived in a beautiful apartment on her own her parents paid for that weed it's like oh there you no go. one was put out by this you don't feel bad at all about taking the weed i don't know here's the thing okay like i've really been <laughs> grappling with it because on the one hand, if we had a party and someone stole our weed, I would be very upset, especially mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. it was... I would put Nair in that person's shampoo. But you, they didn't know who I was. <laughs> you know, if some right. weird outlier came in and stole my weed or anything of mine, I don't like stealing as a thing, but I think... Just putting um, that on record. You know, I'm not, a, I'm, <laughs> I'm not into this... Anti-theft. I, <laughs> Me putting something back on the table. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I I think, like, when it comes to theft, it depends on what situation you're in. I don't steal personal things from people. I get no rise out of it. But coked out, angry me, I can relate to why I would have done that. And also... They have a saying for that. It's called honor among thieves. Yes, right? There's certain things you steal and certain things you don't. Yeah, and it's also, like, them being so fucking rich and mean makes me feel way... Less. I'm, I'm on your side. Also, I want I want the firstly good story. I love when bad things happen to people <laughs> that I don't like. Yes, and I just feel like in they felt like made for TV, uh, straight to TV Disney villains. Yes. Like I don't like them. They're horrible. Yeah, like the re- they were like reverse queer eye for the straight yes, guy. Yes, like they were just like we're here to fuck up your life. <laughs> <laughs> just like and they marching did. around like they're better than you, but instead of making you cry for the right reasons, it's the wrong one. Yeah, and then um, and you stole their shit i i don't know pretty good story and then they downgrade your home 
Yeah. No, they downgrade. The one, the dude who usually does nothing does the most. He's yeah. just like shredding. They the unplug the Vitamix. They take out all the fancy appliances. John, what's it? Is it Jonathan? The one he just like Jonathan's messes the up hair your guy. hair. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck your hair. He just cuts one cowlick into it. I'm out. They were so mean, and they were like, it was my first sort of understanding about what. I mean, it was me getting used to like New York City meanness, mm. but this was an, another level of like. This sounds like pettiness. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was like, it was very much like you're a fucking loser. You don't have money like us. You don't go out with us. You, don't, you do have money like them. I mean, I, I had <laughs> not like them. You know, really? No, no. These people were way fucking more ballin' than I, mean, I am. A college student with their own New York apartment—that's absurd. Yes, yes, yeah. So, like, but that would mean that if you're like not a millionaire, then you have less money than them. Yes. Y- yeah. That's yeah. That's yeah. What it, yeah. That seems that's, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, who can they talk to? I don't understand. Each other. Each yeah. other. That's it. Yeah. Other rich people. Yeah. They would. Very- I wonder how they did in life. They all suck now. Yeah. This girl fucking sucks. And I, I felt guilty when she told me how much it was worth. I was like, oh, shit. Also, I was walking around with 12 grand worth of weed so just hammered. Wildly dangerous. Yes. In New York City 10 years Mugged, ago. Mugged. Yeah. In prison. Yeah. But also 12 grand worth of weed. <laughs> what is your plan at the party? No one's smoking that much. Yeah. You just have it to look cool. Yes. Oh, I'm like Scarface, but I'm not. Like, yeah. Unless they were selling it. Like, no, unless he was out no. with a scale next to it and no. they intended on selling I it. I want to know how much cocaine was next to it. It was a, I have very fuzzy memory. Like I said, a bag, question mark? It was so blurry. I, I am shocked that I was able to do it subtly, I think, because I was so fucking hammered. Yeah, it's the same as, like, you got to walk in like you own the place. Yes. Yeah. If you walk out, or, like, when you're taking a photo of somebody on the train, I, yeah. don't, I wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You just, you hold up the phone. You don't try to do it sneakily under your arm. No pit or whatever yeah. because when you do it quickly nobody knows the wiser yeah yeah yeah. i just i think apparently i just swiped it like like a like a cat like yeah yeah i don't yeah i mean i don't know when i was young i used to do all kinds of stuff like that younger i guess i'm still young but i i mean i was a bad person i don't know if you <laughs> yeah. guys did, did your, you i don't know if you guys did your uh, research we did, we did, a, moderate, we did a moderate we did. amount of research yeah, yeah yeah so not a good person uh for quite most of my life and so like uh i mean i stole from you parties all the time from yeah like drugs or what specifically? Well, from like part when I was young, like just shenanigan style stealing. Yeah. We would just like, oh, there's a fraternity party down the street. And then me and my friends would just go and be like, hey, you guys have to get off the couch. We're going to do something with it. And then you're so bold. They're like, okay. And then you just steal their couch. The couch? <laughs> we stole a couch once. They, they were literally sitting on it. And we were so bold. Like, hey, we, we, we're doing something cool. You got to get off the couch. And they're like, oh, okay. And then we just took it home. Yeah. We had that couch for years. That's, we also used to steal. Did they try to stop CDs. you? No. We, well, also we were like, <laughs> because not there's only decide. only so quickly can you carry a, a couch out of a house. I mean, there were like people like helping us move shit. So <laughs> That's could, the more bold you are, we used to steal from Walmart sometimes, and you would just steal TV. And the way you would do it would be picking it up, and then you would just leave in front of everybody. Yeah. Well, we would literally ask someone for help. Like get them (laughs) the closer they are to you, the less they realize you're stealing. Yes, we would do it all the time. Anybody have a wheelbarrow? Like no, you would just be like, "Hey, can you help me with this?" And the Walmart guy would be like, "Oh, I'm sorry, yeah." And then the thing would beep, and he'd be like, "What the hell?" And he'd be like, "Hey, no worries." Like 
<laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it's it's. And would you sell that stuff that you stole, or what would you do um, with it? This particular that we only did that once, but we didn't steal. We didn't sell that one. We kept it, but we did. I used defense electronics quite often back in the day. Okay, so for a reference point, I met Shane on a show in. Um, Williamsburg and you came on stage and you told the wildest fucking story. I think it was about taking care of kids um, with like someone who was an ex con and excuse me if I'm butchering this, but it was like not often does a comedian have a story where I like crank my head around like what the (laughs) fuck is going on? Yeah. Um, And like I was already interested in what he was about because he has face tattoos. Mm. So already I'm like, there's got to be something there's got to be a history there. A little weird. You know, we'll just like, there's there's a there's a lifestyle that leads to that. So it was a h- <laughs> fucking hilarious story. I loved it. And I, I'm just like, I want to know where this started, like where the stealing of the, of the shit. Like, were you out of your house? Were you with like a group of like other fucking badasses? Like, how did it begin? Badasses. Yeah. I don't think I would ever describe myself. I was just like a shitty street kid. Okay. So um, I grew up in like a really small town and then I grew up around like uh, motorcycle clubs okay. and people who did drugs and sold drugs and mm-hmm. so just white trash just like for real hardcore professional white trash yes mm-hmm. and then of professional. course professional yeah yeah mm-hmm. and then you know um my life you know i didn't go to school i was a a bad kid and then at what age did you start like kind of hanging out with these nefarious characters i mean i had to i got sober at 14 oh shit so i was one of those like uh-huh. like i was like 12 years old like gr- living a full adult like i'm fingering girls i smoke <laughs> cigarettes you know what i mean like At 12 yeah damn i'm like if you ever and i know we're in new york so you see those kids you see a kid on a skateboard and you're like that's a little man yeah, yeah. it what is the fuck yeah. all like, the time yeah and so i was one of those yeah i just like i don't even remember really being a kid really and it kind of like you know the your world blend because you're young and you want to be old but you're also like fucking teenage mutant turtles are cool yeah so i'm like uh i mean i've kind of been trapped in that since and that's yeah. what therapy is trying to help me with yeah but, so i've yeah i've been it was weird so i was just like a full i, I remember smoking cigarettes when i was like 10 really wow. like i was getting high when i was like in middle school and do you, what where were your parents in all this i mean they were kind my dad my biological father wasn't really around okay. my biological mother had several stepfathers in and out of the picture uh-huh. and then she dealt with addiction and mental health stuff and uh-huh. so i kind of i had four brothers yeah or three brothers there was four of us and so we were just kind of like on our own yeah doing whatever yeah so i didn't have uh really i didn't like have rules yes or ever. supervision no and then like. when the rules did come in they were really weird and arbitrary like you know uh i have a scar but this big i have piercing scars but one of them's really big and noticeable because my stepfather pinned me down and pulled my lip piercing out of my lip Jesus with pliers christ oh. You know, and that was just like it was. I was a punk rock kid, but one one day it was like, "Oh, you're not allowed to have that," and I was like, "Fuck off!" That, but yeah. that rule wasn't in place, so there's no right. Sometimes it was like, "Hey, come home by this time," and sometimes it was like, "I haven't seen you for a week. What have you been up to?" Was that terrifying to not know what to expect at home? Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, I and- mean, you don't understand. Because that's all you know. Yeah. yeah. So at the time, I was like, I didn't realize that I was like uh in under constant stress and stuff but then looking back as an adult you're like oh my god oh yeah i mean i think it's like this is bringing up child molestation right away but i I, one of the things i watched um 
the Michael D- Jackson documentaries. <laughs> Here we go. And Oprah did like a a a of like Q and A afterwards. Yeah. And both the guys were there, and both of them said that like when they're being molested as children, it was like upsetting, but they couldn't really like empathize for themselves but when they became men and they had children of their own Mm -hmm. seeing a kid and being an adult and understanding how like helpless and just unaware a kid is your brain goes like oh my god yeah Yeah. this this like little creature has no fucking like chance and 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 once they're exposed to something like that it's it does such damage and they have yeah. sort of no say in it yeah no it's true the trauma of my childhood didn't hit me until like literally this year i'm 33 in this, in like a couple in two weeks or whatever wow and it just hit me like february of this year uh-huh. i had like i was started going to therapy and then all of a sudden it just like hit me like a yeah you hadn't been to therapy before no what led to you getting sober at 14 what was that like um my family just all dealt with uh you know, substance abuse. Yeah. Everyone I knew was into like, you know, everything from just smoking weed all the time, which I despise. Um, unless you're a functioning person. Mm-hmm. Also, I didn't like everyone whose weed was their identity. And then yeah. drinking and meth, okay. heroin, you know, so I was just it was almost I really shouldn't even get credit for being sober because it was more like. You know when really religious kids are like, fuck you, I drink and I smoke? Yeah. It was yeah. kind of like, fuck you, I'm sober. Yeah. It really uh, was. Yeah. It was an act of rebellion. Kind of, yeah. Or like to mitigate the damage that you saw happening. I'm sure I, you were like, look at how horrible this is. I, I, yeah, my my sobriety, and you know, it's funny, I um, earlier this year I matched with a girl on Tinder and she's like, you're a comedian and you're sober? We should talk. And we were talking, and then she was talking about her sobriety, and I always forget that People who become sober are into like a lot of woo-woo stuff, yeah, yeah. which is great. Mm-hmm. I anything that works for you for you to have a better life, I'm so supportive. But my sobriety is like deeply rooted in hatred, yeah. and I would like it, <laughs> and I have no problem with that, and I would like it to stay that way. So I told her like, "Oh, I'm sober because I just fucking despise all this shit. Like my sobriety is rooted in like revenge. Yes. And, like, and she was like, "Oh, we can never talk. Sorry." <laughs> and unmatched me. I was like, "Damn, <laughs> whoopsie daisy." Yeah, it's there is there is part of the sober community i mean i've gone in and out of programs Mm -hmm. and um one of the hardest things for me and which i think is hard for a lot of people is the god part of it or the like relinquishing control to something else and the vulnerability that is required for part of it i'm like no no i'm not gonna fucking expose myself i've been trained not to so yeah that's tough it is very very difficult um so okay, so just so I have the timeline correctly, so you're 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 out of the house, okay, and uh, as a fourteen year old, like kind of, or would you say you were like a crust punk t- kind of kid? No, I, what's I, a crust punk? A crust punk. Well, so I was kind of crusty. Uh-huh. A crust punk is like a punk rock kids that kind of look homeless. Yeah, but they're oh, not. so like actually crusty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a literal term. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. And then, um, so I, I thought maybe like was, light. They like the crust off their sandwiches. Or <laughs> <something>. <laughs> You're so sweet. I nah. was always more like into metal as a subgenre. Okay. And then of course I grew up around racists. So I I grew up around for real, not a joke. Like white power people. Yeah, holy shit. And so, um, like my stepfather, like all of them. So yeah. I grew up around. How many stepfathers? Several, but the, there's <laughs> one main one that's the bad one. 
Okay. Is that the, the, the abusive one? one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, was he he's abusive? Phys- he's physical. He's all of it. He's everything okay. you can be. So that wasn't the only time. No, he no. He was abusive. No, not at like, all. He was okay. horrific. Yeah, so, um, I mean, he's a murderer. He went to jail for murder. Really? Yeah, yeah. And so he wow. he was a very bad guy. And um, But yeah, so I grew up around that stuff. So metal. Yes. Because metal music is more, I don't know, for whatever reason, that subgenre. So never more punk, mostly metal. And then I got into hardcore, yeah. which is straight edge. And that like fit in with my sobriety. And then also hardcore kids hate Nazis. Yes. I fucking hate it. I'm Jewish. And so I grew up around Nazis and I was like an honorary Aryan. Yeah. Which is what how Nazis do business with like a lot. I don't know if you guys know this, but in Mexico, there's a lot of white power. Really? Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mexican, Latin people are, I'm, it gets muddled because of politics, but Latin people are allowed to be Aryan. Really? Yeah. Really? Is that because Mexico was a part of the Austrian Empire? Mexico didn't fight in World War II because they supported Germany. We got into World War One because Mexico was thinking about supporting Germany and fighting us. Mexicans classically, while they're victims of lots of racism and shitty things, there are lots of uh, white power stuff going on. What a fun surprise. Yeah, yeah. Also, a, a fourth of Mexico <laughs> is is traditionally white. Canelo, a famous boxer. Okay. He's white. I mean, there, so a ton of, it's, it's Mexico is much more diverse and interesting than people think it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, Hispanics I hate, also, like, th- there's a whole shade yeah. range. That- Spain is uh, w- a very uh, racist place yeah so anyway um so yeah you they become an honorary Aryan, and so i had that designation i fucking hated everybody i wanted to be like hardcore and into straight edge i wanted to like kill nazis i i briefly dated a guy who lived in like a punk flop house for a while and he said they used to go out and beat up nazis yeah yeah it was like an activity that they did so there's it, of course in the political climate uh f- for all the negative things people say about it there are no more nazi subgenres in punk but it used to be yeah wildly prevalent yeah, yeah. so yeah we used to as straight edge kids get together and crash nazi shows Do you steal their fucking couches a, well we would just like you know fight yeah like, pretty hard so yeah you know, uh you know croquet bats and whatever and so um there's no more nazi scene where i'm from but like yeah it was crazy so was it violence like all the time yeah i yeah. grew up just like to the point that it's like deeply, deeply affected my life. Of course. But yeah, from as a child, one of my very first memories is watching, and I don't know who the man was, but he's loading a gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a six shooter, and he was like putting rounds in it, and he was like pointing it at me. And I remember my mom crying. He was pointing it at yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Holy he was like shit. having me hold it and stuff. And it was just like. It, was it a power move? Or I don't just know what was going up. on. I think yeah. that everyone was fucked up. I was very, very, very young. Yeah. It's, it's like a, a memory that you have like a vague outline of but yeah, you don't yeah, know yeah, the details yeah. i don't know all the details yeah but that I, would definitely stick with me so, yeah, yeah for sure so i've got like you know and then of course you know i've got memories of all that stuff and then on top of all that i was bullied a lot as a kid because i was a big fucking nerd so of course f- i was socially awkward oh god what a fun combo yeah yeah so i was violence was just like all the way up until i was like 25 mm-hmm. it was just my entire world and then I tried to like do boxing and fight like as a pro- professional thing oh. to kind of like take yeah. segue into something like and use it for good. And then yeah. but it still wasn't going to happen. My body was all beat up. So does it feel like, um, okay, so I've been 
a friend of mine does like counseling. God, I keep bringing up sex shit. She does counseling <laughs> for men who are accused of rape or, or have done time for sexual assaults. Mm-hmm. And um, she said she was trying to explain to me. I'm like, where does it come from? And she was like, a lot of the time men are only given sort of two acceptable ranges of emotion, you know, and it's all kind of tied to like toxic masculinity two types of emotion that allow you to still remain masculine. One of them is violence and Mm. the other one is sex Mm -hmm. as your ways of like expressing what's happening inwardly. So she's like, inevitably, if those are your two acceptable ranges of emotion, they're going to cross over. And it's not, it's almost not even about the person that you're doing the action to. It's about you, like the way that a woman would cry, you know, how it like is overwhelming. I'm not like downplaying what that type of crime is, but I feel like it's so, it's so the only tool that's given to a lot of men to express like a wide range of emotions. And it's, it's it's horrible. Well, it's also uh, like people, I guess what you're saying is like men process a lot of emotions as anger. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I when when we went to so we went to a group that I cannot remember the name of right now. Mm. Your group, ACOA, Sex and no, Love Addicts. Sex and Love Addicts. Yeah, SLA, Thank you. Hey, baby. That's a, wow, wow, a, wow. Yes, it's a group, uh-huh. and I was sh- I just I went to provide moral support yeah. for Andrea at that time, mm-hmm. but it was one of the most interesting things I had ever seen because. It was like 75% men. Yeah. Um, I had just assumed it would be more women. Mm. Um, and I was very wrong. But one of the main things that they said was that they didn't know how to express any emotion other than having sex. And yeah. they didn't know how to um, assert masculinity and assert like their control over their lives yeah. without having lots of sex and that was like a common theme so yeah well it was also like many of them were abused and had no outlet to discuss it so n- a lot of them didn't become abusers but their relationship with sex was like forever altered yeah in a way that like it seems like it seemed like for a lot of people sex is like a way to gain intimacy but for sex and love addicts it's a way to kind of avoid it it's a way to like pr- do all the actions that would seem like you were getting intimacy, but really you're just kind of like checked out right. of it. Oh yeah. I relate to that one million yeah. percent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, it's similar. I would imagine it's similar. Any type of like traumatic thing kind of, you start to build walls and like ways around totally. being vulnerable. I think the issue as a man is that I, I often find with women, they have walls, but they're aware of them. Yeah. They're like, they're very introspective. They see themselves not able to feel something or they're dealing with a guy and then they're talking to their friends and they're like, well, I think this is why I feel this way. And as a guy, like you, you have walls or issues, but you literally don't know that they're there. See, that's or maybe like you're they're... navigating a maze and women are navigating a maze and they're like feeling with their hands and they can mm-hmm. kind of see where they're going. And men are in one of those glass mazes. Uh-huh. And very often you're running and you just fucking slam face first <laughs> into the thing. Really? Yeah. It just, you literally can't see the walls. You don't know they're there. Well, it seems to me that um, men have this weird, like, like maybe there's this weird stigma about processing your emotions. Like they don't seem to talk it out as much as women do amongst each other. So that might have something to do with that too. Yeah. When um, male relationships are so different and they're then weird. Men often don't have female relationships, yeah. especially in like the middle of the country. 
I found like people here more close together and they're all having, but like I grew up, I didn't have a woman who was a friend of mine until my late twenties. Really? I I was never best friends with a woman. I was never close with a woman I wasn't sleeping with Mm -hmm. until I was in my late twenties. And being in that relationship afforded me all these like, Oh, we're going to talk about our feel Like we don't, as a man, it's very like, I don't know. Uh, um, Private? Not private. I want to say a practical. Uh-huh. It's like I have a friend I rock climb with. We talk yes. about rock climbing. I see him <laughs> when I rock climb. I talk to him when I think about rock climbing. I have a friend that I shoot with. We talk about shoot. Yeah. Like women are like. It's like compartmentalized. Re- our re- your relationships are. are all encompassing. Deep, all encompassing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so there's so many times when as a man like you're not talking about your feelings or how you relate to other people or other things. And then you have nowhere to go for that. Right. And then if you have you have a relationship with a woman, but you have an issue with her, you can't go to her about that. Yeah. 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 You know? And so it's... So you just stuff it down. Deep down. And let it fucking blow out some yeah, other yeah, way. Exactly. And then you just Google the most horrific porn you can find. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and cry. Yeah, oh, I'm cry such a piece deeply of shit. So, so, so <laughs> during these like running around, so how long were you kind of just like running around being... I guess, would you consider yourself like a career criminal during that I was. time? Literally. I mean, when I was young, I was just like a hood rat. I, yeah. I, I had regular retail jobs. I worked at a Lids at a mall yeah. and a Subway and like it, it part time. And then I would steal. I would car hop. OK. Which is when you go down like a neighborhood and you look for like if you were here in New York, you would walk down the neighborhood and you would click all the doors and see if there were windows down. And if you could get into a car, you would take the electronics or whatever was in the car. Mm-hmm. And then you fence that to a third party. What is fencing? Fencing is when you take stolen goods that you can't get money for unless you sell them to someone who sells stolen goods. Okay. So like if you're a car thief, which I eventually started also doing, you have to sell the car to someone who fences cars. Okay. You can't just bring the car to a used car lot. They'll be like, this is a fucking stolen car. (laughs) Yeah. So the guy who buys, there's a guy who buys stolen cars and that's his job and my job is to bring him stolen cars. Okay. I feel like they depict that a lot in the movies, like these seedy car lots where you, like people don't know they have to drop off the car and they don't know who it's going to you know jim yeah Yeah, exactly yeah yeah. so they have that for electronics for guns usually have a guy and so uh we had a guy and then through him we met other people and then um over time i got involved with uh like a motorcycle club okay and then motorcycle clubs are like the mafia and they um farm work out to smaller gangs or whatever to do things if you're a guy who is a millionaire uh-huh. and you're a criminal you don't kill people you pay someone else to kill yeah. people you don't rob banks you pay someone else anyway so i ended up doing that actual work like it was my job you were like the i had a phone i had two phones you know, I had a guy who called me and was like, you have to be here at this time. This is what you're going to do. I had a, you know, I, I was responsible. Yeah. I, you know, so you were I. You a middle management in a corporation. Exactly. But it, it was a criminal corporation. Very literally, yeah. yes. And so I did that until I was about 23 years old. So were you ever, during that, I would assume that people who run these like huge criminal sort of networks understand 
the ways how to do this without getting caught? Like, yeah. d- were you, were you worried at all about getting arrested or were you like, th- it's, there's a certainty that I'll probably get pulled in for something, but, yeah. but like, I know the best ways and what to say and that type of thing. Everyone gets arrested. Everyone gets hurt. Everyone gets, you know, killed. That's like a part of it. That's a and part you, of what makes it Did you it get exciting. arrested? Um, I was, I was detained many times, but never arrested. Good for you. Wow. Mazel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thank you. Um, and do you, the, the fear of being killed, do you, when it comes into your mind, are you immediately like, no, it's not going to happen to me? Or do you like have moments when you're like, fuck, you just don't worry about it. I I just feel like I, I personally put it out of my mind as a possibility. Um, we did lots of jobs where it was like incredibly dangerous and had situations where like, fuck, we just almost died. Yeah. I had a lot of those as a kid too. I, I feel like my, um, for you I thought you guys uh, during the podcast was like I'm a hot mess what do I want to what's the one thing I was going to yeah. say yeah. and I was going to be like my like my uh, my barometer for like feeling and risk is broken that's yeah. what I was going to say so um, the, the volume on my life has been turned down dramatically so I just don't care. It just the risk never bothered me. I almost liked it. Yeah, you, and by you, almost, I mean I definitely liked of it. Of course. What do you mean your barometer for risk? Like things don't feel risky to you because it's not that high stakes compared to that? Or yeah. So I, um, being uh, a criminal, or uh, we'll just say there was a point in my life. Take criminality out of it completely. Mm-hmm. There's a point in my life where I woke up and I knew exactly what I needed to do, exactly where I needed to be. I knew exactly. What I, I had to do, I was good at it. I was very fulfilled. I was surrounded by people who loved me and not only loved me, but demonstrated they loved me by risking their lives for me regularly, mm-hmm. by living a lifestyle that made them outcasts specifically to be with me. Mm-hmm. I was so I had brotherhood, I had meaning, I had a tribe, I knew I had the respect of people that were terrifying and that I respected. Mm-hmm. I uh, felt powerful and important always. Um, and I got to like exercise power over other people. Yeah. It was exciting movies and TV Sexy. make me look fucking cool. Yeah. Yes. I felt really good. Yes. All the time. So what gets you to stop? So when you do that and mm-hmm. then you come out of it, everything else in life gets the volume turned down. Yeah. I've talked to guys in therapy sessions that were in the military that had similar experiences that were also criminals yeah. and they're like holding my kid doesn't feel doesn't feel as good. Loving my wife doesn't feel as good as loving the guys that we were in those situations yeah. with. My wife doesn't love me as much as I don't have a wife, but they would be like, my wife, I know she doesn't love me as much as they did. Yes. Do you think that's, do you think that's real though? Or do you think everything is heightened because of this? Like- no, it's real because it's demonstrated. To yeah. You. There's, yeah. It's not like a, where like, if you are a drug addict, you're like, Oh, we have each other's back, but you don't. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I, there were times when someone had to do something that might kill them and they were like me, not you. Yeah. Oh, so and, they, they were, you had the sense that they were keeping you safe. And then here's another thing that people don't think about is that, um, a lot of people think the barometer for love is I would die for you. Yes. They, they often use uh, a significant other will say that to them, but that's bullshit. Dogs will die for you. Yeah, yeah. Firefighters get paid to die for you. Soldiers get paid to die for you. Police officers get paid to die for you. Dying for someone is easy. Yeah. People have been doing it since forever. That's bullshit. No one cares about that. The the way you really show someone how you love is if you would kill for them. Oh. <laughs> Who would you hurt for someone you care about? Ooh. 
Ooh. Right? Good question. So, would you do something truly bad to someone who didn't deserve it for someone that you cared about? Okay. Right. Is that's that... an interesting question that's hard to answer, but just imagine looking at someone and knowing there's nothing they wouldn't do to someone else to make sure you were safe. Yeah. It's it's hard. Like, all this whole lifestyle, this experience is so hard to relate to because I've never been in anything close to it. Right. Um, they, but the, the design school didn't give you these feelings. <laughs> no. I mean, the Parsons gangs was, were not I, as rabid. I was not. I mean, I was stealing 12K worth of weed, but... Damn, I know. Doing uh, it. I was, what I wouldn't have given. I was spicing it up in my own... In the own set of rules that I had. But I will say that, like, there is such judgment towards criminality, but people yeah. have no idea... Um, a like what type of family life it's it's almost always like a bad family life that puts you directly like feeds you directly into this absolutely yeah it's like you don't feel loved you don't feel appreciated or seen or understood especially as a child that is such that is the worst case scenario then comes this perfect solution Mm -hmm. of all these people that will give you all of that I don't think anyone until they've been in that situation can say I wouldn't take that offer well no and and the and the missing the biggest missing link here is protection like it sounds like you really didn't have any sense of protection at home oh never there was no yeah there's no fulfillment there's no love there's no protection everything is you know yeah it's abandoned it's like such abandonment out the gate and Mm -hmm. then anything that you can do to try to mitigate that feeling of being abandoned you will do because it's like that's what you, the thing that you need the most. Is yeah, of kid. course. Yeah. Well, why, when and why did you step away from it? So, um, the, the it's a dumb story, but, uh, I, my brother also was a part of this mm-hmm. and there was one time where a guy hit me with a snowball outside of an Arby's and I was like, you've fucked up today. And I've always been really nerdy. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that's my favorite thing is I'll tell stories about being in a gang or whatever, uh-huh. and people would be like, oh, tight pants, he listens to My Chemical Romance, Urgh. he's not a criminal, and it's uh-huh. like, uh, I don't know what you think criminal, they're just people. <laughs> yeah. right. Criminals are people from all walks of life. Right, like right. If, if, I, that cracks me up that people are like, you look feminine, so there's no way you're a tough guy. Right, yeah. I think they're picturing a human pit bull. Exactly. Yeah. It's funny because that's what's on TV. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's yep. like, you don't realize how stupid you are. That's why, the re- that's why it's always white people getting killed by serial killers because they fucking think oh they yeah. Know better. yeah especially yeah. handsome men yeah, women yeah. are like he would never exactly that's why people are like you're not a criminal and it's like yeah because no one's ever said that about a real criminal no yeah. one's on the news like oh the hitman would live next door but he was so nice yeah such a quiet it's, man yeah criminals are just regular ass yeah. people yeah it's yeah. a good point and so anyway uh i just love that people are like you wore tight pants once there's no well, way yeah we're like oh you can't love my chemical romance or <laughs> or like have a sweepy bangs I mean, or yes. be in love with a girl some people yeah. would say that loving My Chemical Romance is criminal. Uh, oh, okay. who Emily. are those people? Are those you? This is oh not a God. popular uh, opinion. I would uh, say I'm not okay with that. You're, very nice. Thank you. Uh, I don't know any other songs. Uh, <laughs> so wait, so what? So why did you? So leave? I left. I got hit with a snowball outside of a in Arby's. Right. Um, I'm like, you fucked You're up. Like, I'm today. gonna write in my live journal about this. You fucking <laughs> yeah, prick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at the time, I was very mad. I walk. Uh, I march into the Arby's with a couple of my friends. Those dudes are sitting around in Arby's, not realizing they're about to get jumped. Uh-huh. We start beating the shit out of these guys in line. I look over. My brother's a much larger guy than 
I am. Uh-huh. He's my younger brother, but he's larger than me. He's annihilated. He's just like punching the absolute fuck out of this guy. Just like pinned him down in the booth, and he's just hitting him in the face. I think the dude was unconscious. Does that hurt your hands? Uh, I mean, over time you learn how to punch good. <sighs> so he's just beating this guy, and I looked over, and there was like this t- uh, family table, and there was like a family sitting at it, and uh-huh. the mom was like h- covering her child's oh. face. They were hor- horrified Rough. Rough. by the scene, and even though as far as like things go that's a funny story in my opinion i don't feel bad for doing that to those guys fucking don't hit random people with snowballs fuck you Mm -hmm. um but also in that moment i like zoomed out and had this weird clarity where i was seeing my brother and what he was doing and i was looking at my brother and i was like he's scary yeah and then I was like, because I always saw myself, I play World of Warcraft, I'm a nerd. Yeah, like you know that your heart is in a good place, but then maybe you didn't see that other people view you yeah. as this thing. Well, I've always viewed myself as a nerd. That's why when people are, they'd say, you're a nerd, there's no way you're a criminal. I kind of get it. But also, sure. don't be stupid. Like, but So I was like, I'm a goofy guy. And then I was like, yeah, but I'm a goofy guy that hurts people for money. Mm-hmm. And then I was looking at my brother. And, and I was over like, a snowball. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I realized my brother was like this guy. And so I kind of had this clarity. And I was like, we got to get out. Yeah. And so then me and my brother kind of had this talk. And then we worked over time, uh, both uh, personally with our family and with the police. Yeah. To I- the government, not really the police as much as the government. Do they? Do you like go in and say like, "Hey, I'm trying to get out, but I can tell you how things work, and please don't arrest me." Is it like that type of thing? Um, the police already very much know who you are. They yeah, probably speak to you on a, like if you're a criminal who's doing legit criminal activity. Uh-huh. Often over the course of time, the police know exactly who you are. You've probably been taken in. You've spoken to them. You have personal relationships with caseworkers and gang unit officers even yeah. as you're in it yeah so um they're always ready for you to flip or for yeah. you to snitch or whatever and they and they're always watching With and so wide open. <laughs> but we we contacted the federal government the, and the federal government has programs to help rehabilitate gang members that's pretty cool yeah yeah and so and in to the uh to i think who who was president at this time was it bush no it might have been it doesn't matter anyway the federal government did a good job and they helped us out that's great. And then they, um, we didn't have to snitch. Because if you snitch, that's how you die. Yeah, yeah. Also, I wouldn't want to anyway. I'm not mad at my friends. I just You just don't want to be in this. And, and objectively, what they're doing is bad, yes. Yeah. But like, I'm not the, it's not my crusade to stop them. It's my job to take care of myself. And if yeah. my brother wants to come with, then yeah. Did you feel like worried about, well, who do I have now? Like, if I move myself out of this life, do I lose all these yeah, friendships? We, and we did. Yeah. And, and and since then, some of those people have, like, come back around. And, yeah. And uh, their lives are much better. It all very, And we kind of have, like, a little group now. Mm-hmm. And we're, like, friends and we speak. And some of them live in other countries now for various reasons. And some of them live in our hometown still. And we, um, yeah, so we all came back around. But yeah, for a time, it was hard. I feel like, I mean, to go back to your point about things not feeling the same, like, heightened level, um, I think I've experienced this in, like, recovery from sex and love addiction is that, like, I there are certain types of very toxic people that will fucking get my blood going. Mm-hmm. And... They excite me in a way, when I encounter a person like this, they excite me in a way that is unmatched. However, 
at a certain point I had to, and Emily's watched me like slowly wean myself off of this. I have to be like, you can't get involved with someone with these many problems as exciting and elusive and unavailable as they might seem. Uh The high of getting involved with them is not going to be worth the pain that they will inflict on your life. Absolutely. Like there was one particular ex who I was with for, um, maybe like six months or something like that. He lived in LA. Oh, uh-huh. um, drug dealer dad, <laughs> drug dealer dad, uh, with the, the braid. Yeah. 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 She was thrilled. Um, but like, <laughs> I just, and you know what the best thing is about the, your involvement with, with these DDD? men, DDD? drug dealer. Dad? Well, yes. With DDD, DDD spe- yeah. specifically. Yeah. You try to turn it into a positive. Oh yeah. And you convince yourself that it's a positive. Like you're like, no, it's actually great that he's a drug dealer because he's an entrepreneur. And it's actually great that he's a dad because I don't want to have kids. So he already has a kid and I don't have to have kids. Damn. Do you know what I mean? It's- Do you know what it is, though? What I learned about that in ACOA is that, like, I am seeing someone who is troubled yeah. and unable to give me love in very obvious ways or stability or intimacy, any of the things that, like, a... a a strong relationship requires. Mm -hmm. And because I have a parent that wasn't able to do that for me, my brain runs in this little hamster wheel where I spin all of these things into a loving person. Because if you have a parent who isn't capable of giving you love as a kid, that's not something that's too big of a concept for your mind. It's also like heartbreaking. And like you, you just, so it becomes like, you know, when you hear abuse victims saying like, People, uh, other people don't know him like I know him yes. or, or, uh, he said he won't do it again and he was really sorry or, um, I understand him. Yeah. There's all this kind of like language that's being used. That's like, they're presenting this way, but I know they're actually this way. Yeah. And that's some, that's a, def- he's misunderstood, misunderstood because th- the reality that they're just this abuser and they don't care for you or love you in a functional way is too difficult. So you create this other reality where they're troubled. Uh, they really do love you, but they're, they have these obstacles, but once they get over it, you're going to be together. Cause then it justifies like continuing being in the abuse. So like when I'm in, after I'm out of it, I'm like, how the fuck? But when I'm in it, I truly believe these things that I am telling myself. And, but the last, it's almost like a burnout. Like the last time I was with him, he was so exciting. And then when he started doing coke off of his kid's play table, there was just this moment of like, this is undeniably bad. And then it became scary right away. And I was like, this is now scary. I don't want, I can't be in these scary situations anymore. And I feel relief to be out of them, but I also do feel this weird emptiness sort of around things now. That's like, it's not bad. It's just strange. It's like if you, if you justify your existence based on one point and then you move that point, then like you're kind of floating around, you know? Yeah. 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 You feel like negative space kind of. No, that I, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that makes sense. What What were those programs like for ex gang members? Like, what What did you actually have to? There's like an um, and they're like not. I don't know how much I'm even allowed to say about it specifically, but they're so usually you have like a caseworker or mm-hmm. parole officer type guy, or or lady, and she works with you and um, 
they help you like you have tattoos to help you figure out if you need to remove them, what you need to do, how much danger you're in based on where you need to go, what you need to do, how much danger people you're already involved with will be in. If you leave, like there's a lot that like ramps up to going and then to leave, you have to be honest with the people you're around too. So, and you can't just go up and be like putting in my two weeks guys. Yeah. Right. No, we need, we need things. So, um, I also had, you know, an experience with, hey, I'm going to leave whatever you want from me. Ask me it now. And then uh, I left on good terms uh, with the United States government and with um, the organization that I was you crushed it. involved with. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, good as I could. that's yeah, a and of very course, difficult dismount. Since I've turned my life around a little bit. But yeah, uh, yeah. absolutely. No, things are much better. No, but, you're doing wonderfully. I mean, I, I truly, when I saw him, he's so funny and interesting and and like has these wild stories but it delivers them in a way that's like so i don't know it just makes it makes you like i remember you posted something about like you're you're making people with face tattoos not scary and as 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 corny as that like notion of like i'm destigmatizing it's totally true though like yeah it's it's like it's a huge turnaround i think it's like a very unlikely turnaround i feel like a lot of people don't ever make it out so oh, thanks i yeah. wouldn't like downplay that i'd like to in the future as because if when i first started doing comedy i was like say nothing about your past yeah because i thought i thought for sure i was going to get and for lack of a better term, me tooed for violence. Yeah. I yeah. thought like, oh, there's a, there's, they're going to find out that I was a bad person and it's over. Yeah. And then I kind of, I featured for Joey Diaz some and oh, he's nice. a, he's a guy who's done a lot of wild shit. And then, yeah, Joey Diaz yeah. has yeah. some stories. We, and then similar lives. And then as, as I progressed, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to be fine. And so then I, people w- love a changed man. Yeah. And then people I w- root for a changed man. Like there are whole movie genres like revolving around people turning their lives around. It feels scary though. Yeah, it does. I'm I'm sure. And then so and but yeah, now I'd like in moving forward in the future as I do more things in comedy that have to do with not I don't know if destigmatizing, but I'd like to humanize like yeah. Hey, uh, firstly, I'd like to point like we glorify criminals, but Uh only rich criminals. Yeah. We glorify rappers with lots of money. We glorify mobsters with money. We glorify like I know white collar, but there's also like when we lionize criminals in movies and TV, it's always rich, successful criminals. And then we thugs are pieces of shit. Yeah. Those are white trash, white trash meth dealers and fucking in, you know, and then cocaine deal. And and we leave all these poor people at the bottom. And of course there's a huge racist undertone to that. Yeah, It's racist and And classist. Yeah, it totally is. It's, it's almost more classist. And because we lionize rich rappers who are very clearly doing crime currently, oh, yeah. But then, but then we go on this, those same people who think they're great will go on the same card and shit on all these poor people, these pieces trying shit. to make it who just aren't successful criminals. So I'd like to humanize like criminals are people with families. Criminals are people who would probably like to not be doing crime. Yeah. yeah. Criminals are people who are trapped where they are, and former criminals are often treated very, very badly in society. And like, there's a whole thing with that too, where yeah. it's like they're just regular people. Like criminals play video games and have kids and love people, of course. Well, and like have hobbies and want to live lives. It feels like this mark is on you that you've done violent things. It's kind of like the way people treat uh, mentally ill people, like yeah. specifically like 
my friend John off O'Donnell is bipolar and I've been talking to him about bipolar people and, and like schizophrenics, the people that have like the big, the, the more major diagnoses that are going to, they're going to have to struggle with their whole life. There's this idea that like schizophrenics, a very small percentage of them can be violent. Usually sure. they come from violent situations and that, or they're fuck they're having like hallucinations. And so you hear that word and immediately they're like, Nope, get that away from me. It's a threat to yeah. me. Yeah. I, I don't want to be near it. Um, the drug dealer dad, I remember he told me he has a version. He has schizotypal personality disorder, which wow, is like a mouthful. Is that a self-diagnosis? He was diagnosed when he was a kid. Okay. Um, and he was like, not, I remember he, he was like, I think he was trying to share it with me. And, and he was emotionally like pretty a hardened person, but he was like, yeah, you know, when I was a kid, I got this diagnosis. And then he explained the symptoms to me. And I was like, oh, you totally have this. Like <laughs> there is very specific ones. Like, I mean, he did identify as a wizard. So that was a big. I'm sorry, what? Whoa. Yeah. Oh, oh you're you this. Out that Hold little up, detail. Okay. Run it back. <laughs> uh, what? I never told you this because I knew you'd be like, Andrea, come on. A dad, a drug dealer and a wizard. Yeah, I didn't realize that's a too many things. Yes. <laughs> I that's and wizard is probably the most acceptable out of all. Yeah. <laughs> what, how do how do you identify as a wizard? You just say you're a wizard. I mean, he like what? he thought he could do magic. Hold up, he was yeah. okay. He was into like he's very into like crystals, yeah. crystals and numerology and horoscopes. So he was up to wizard stuff. Yes, he was up to wizard stuff, and that's I don't like fuck with any of that stuff. But I, I when someone's into it, I'm like I don't know. Have your fucking fun. I don't care. But he also was so one of the. Uh, symptoms of schizotypal personality disorder is um magical thinking and that's kind of that's that runs through a lot of magical thinking yeah so it runs through a lot of these disorders bipolar kind of has it some of like borderlines have it sometimes where they make a connection to something like um like my okay so my birthday and his daughter's birthday or maybe no, he had the same birthday as my dad, and my and my birthday was a few days away from his daughter's. So when he made this connection, he started to make all these other, yeah, like yeah, yeah. our mm. our connections that aren't like they're vaguely related, but they're not like as soon as there's one through line. I mean, it's kind of these... like astrology. It is, but it's like it then it moves into paranoia after a while. Uh -huh. Kind of uh, like astrology. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and ruins your life. Well, you know, if you're a reformed criminal or if you're not and you're just trying to advance in your career, but you have zero applicable skills, yeah. welcome to the club. Fuck yeah. Um, have I got a service for you? Skillshare.com. Skillshare <laughs> is an online learning community for the creator in all of us. They have thousands of classes in photography and creative writing to design, productivity, and more. Uh, Skillshare is a website that you can go on and you can take classes. So cool. And uh, they're specifically geared toward creative fields, which yeah. we all want to be better on. Yes. Um, I personally have been wanting to take some graphic design classes because Andrea over here is a Photoshop 
wizard. That's right. There's that word again. She identifies as a wizard as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know jack shit in Photoshop. So I really want to take a class in that. And I think that I'm going to enroll. And you can too. Yeah, there's so many cool. There's illustration, graphic design, photography. There's UX design, which, hey, you want to make a fuck ton of money? Learn how to do that shit. As someone who went to design school and didn't take that course, deep regrets. Yeah, there's a lot of different things. And they're... They have video classes. Like each course has little video classes that you can kind of take at your own pace. Super user friendly. And convenient. Very, very convenient. I think that a lot of people think after um, college age, you're done learning. No. You're not. False, not real. Not yes. real. <laughs> you, there's so much more you can learn, um, and you know it could better your career, or maybe you just want to get into something creative that yeah. you haven't had a chance to. Um, join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare and get two months free when you sign up at Skillshare.com. Are you kidding me? Skillshare. Give me two months free. That's such a good deal. Andrea, I'm trying to say the URL. Okay, sorry. Skillshare.com slash hot mess. Again, that's two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. Skillshare.com slash hot mess. Skillshare.com slash hot mess. Use hot mess to get your fucking life together or just to have a good time. I love using hot mess for productive things. (laughs) I I like the idea of someone with the antithesis of getting their life together. They're (laughs) typing it in and they're like, I'm going to learn Photoshop. Exactly. (laughs) It's for the hot mess in all of us. Um, So, okay. So now that... Now that you're like on this complete other side, you said that you started going back to therapy. That's a recent thing. Yeah, yeah, this year. Um, welcome. Have you been crying all the time? Like, how? What's the what's the beginnings of therapy been like? Um, not crying. Mostly, sort of having weird breakthroughs. Yes. So, like the glass, the glass maze. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm like basically like throwing paint onto the wall so I can navigate. So there's lots of weird things that I've been doing that I was like, Oh, that's why I'm doing that. Or, Uh or other things like uh, the other day, for instance, I was talking about, I don't want kids Mm -hmm. at all. Zero kids. I was going to get a vasectomy the other month, but I had to cancel because I had a gig. I'm going to get a vasectomy Mm -hmm. for Christmas probably. So happy holidays. Thank you so much. So I'm trying, I don't want kids, but as we, I was, discussing not having kids and how it's like this terrifying horrific experience i don't want anything to do with it mm-hmm. and then someone was like what if and, and then we were talking and we kind of figured out that like there's a part of me that's like oh if i had a kid but it was just me and there was no woman involved i think i could be a good dad really and then i was like oh i don't want my kids to have a mom yeah yeah because my like mom, mom failed you. yeah 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 so then i was like oh i'm like terrified of sharing a kid with a woman because i don't think women can raise kids yeah because you have the you had the example exactly and so then i had in yeah my childhood is a a long history of me being very horrifically betrayed by women in various awful not podcast appropriate ways and so i was just like damn you can say whatever you want i mean i could but uh, (laughs) it was really bad so then i was like that was a realization to me that i was like oh this is kind of a part of that and i still don't want to have kids but it helped me understand that part of myself more and so other weird things like uh i'm a big dummy and i grew up poor Mm -hmm. very as poor as poor gets obviously and so um like there was a thing where i was like i have i have a charger uh near my bed and it's a regular phone charger i have Mm -hmm. to plug my phone in and then if i want to 
go look at my phone. I had to like get up and go look at it. Mm-hmm. And my therapist was like, you have a successful career Buy a 10 foot phone cable. Uh-huh. You fucking idiot. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh, I, I guess I can have nice things if I want. And she's like, yeah. How many things in your life are you just enduring instead of fixing? Yeah. And then there's a lot of me just like enduring physical pain, physical discomfort, emotional discomfort. Mm-hmm. And so then I started being like, Oh, I don't have to be friends with this person. They fucking suck. Yeah. Get out of here. Oh, boundaries. Oh, welcome. Yeah, yeah. No. Yes. And so like I wasn't maintaining boundaries with myself. I wasn't taking care of myself. And therapy has helped me kind of be like, hey, you know you deserve to be happy. You could just have a phone cable. You know, if you <laughs> You could have a long <laughs> phone cable. Yeah, yeah. It's just like so things like that. Like, hey, you know, you could you don't have to watch the ads on Hulu if you don't want to. <laughs> like, but like weird it seems really small, but like it's increased the quality of my life and made me realize that i love myself and like all yeah. this other weird weird stuff like that mostly self-love of course that's so not a, hard to not build a, not a lot of crying as much as just feeling stupid well i mean in, I, it, in i don't mean to interrupt, but no, like not in a bad, i don't want to say like i feel stupid like oh i hate myself but just like i um i'm a comic yeah i'm good at it. i thought i i like to think i'm very self-aware i love hanging out with other comics my favorite part of comedy is being friends with comics because they're self-aware they're always funny mm-hmm. they're always fun to talk to they make standing in line not boring yeah right and so in my mind i'm self-aware mm-hmm. you know i do jokes about getting molested like i can handle i'm i'm i know what's going on up here yeah and then you talk to your therapist and you're like i'm not as self-aware as i thought i was yeah there's yeah. so many layers underneath that you don't even it's like an iceberg. I love yeah. when they pwn you with one that they've been waiting I know, to tell and you. And they always like, do. Damn. They always do. Yeah. And I think like a big thing for me that I had to undercome, overcome, sorry, was the cheesiness of like, of being like, oh, I feel that way because I didn't feel like I got what I needed from my parents. Uh-huh, you know what yeah. I mean? You're like a douchebag. It's bag. like, it seems so obvious when yeah. they're saying it to you that you're like, no, fuck off like I don't want to acknowledge that like that's stupid but it's not stupid because th- these are like things that can affect the way that you act toward other people well, yeah. and yourself for totally. your entire life all your coping mechanisms that used to serve you are now like hindering your life but it it takes like an impartial third party to be like okay the phone charger come on what are we doing yeah, here yeah, yeah exactly just like take just don't be inconvenience you deserve yeah, yeah convenience yeah yeah a little bit (laughs) and then yeah yeah so that's wild and then also i feel like i've become more um i thought i was hyper confident i've always been a person who does whatever they want Mm -hmm. literally whatever they want you know tvs exactly so i mean like i tattooed my face i don't care what people think of me (laughs) i don't like i don't society is whatever yeah and i'm uh, you know and of course i'm a person who thinks there should be rules and kindness and politeness all have a place but like so I do what I want, and I always thought I was very confident, and then I realized that my confidence was sort of based in this weird sort of – it wasn't real. A it's little, a front. little it, false self it wasn't, action going it wasn't, on. It was more boldness than confidence. Yeah. It wasn't as – so confidence is like a quiet comfort. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Boldness that- is sort of like I'm coming – I'm like – I was always on the attack. Now I feel like I'm not attacking or defending. I'm just like, this is me and it's how I am and I do what I want and however that affects you, that's yours to deal with. Yeah. And it feels, I, it it literally is like, I'm so much more stress-free. It's amazing. That's great. It's incredible. Yeah. 
It really is. I mean, it's, yeah, especially, um, I mean, I don't know. I wear like big fur and like outfits and stuff on stage. And, um, you know, there's kind of this like brassiness to me, perhaps you would say, which I think is kind of like my my defense and then my friend david specter was like the minute i started talking to you i knew you were a fucking pussy and all of that was just (laughs) like this like yeah i'm this bad bitch i mean is that a schwa de vive is that what it is (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's true though i think when you're young you do think that if i'm loud and if i um i don't give a fuck if i go out of my way and like to be bold and do loud things then i'm gonna come off super confident and that can carry into your adult life yeah i was always the same way i had very low self-esteem when i was growing up but i was always very loud i asked a dude to the prom and he said no like i (laughs) i just yeah like i was just never me too i was never (laughs) like i had so much I used to call it unfounded confidence. Like chutzpah. Yeah, because nobody thought I was hot, but I used to walk around like I was the hottest yeah. shit on the planet, right? Ditto. And I didn't realize until recently that it's it's that's not confidence. No. Yeah, at yeah. all. Like, I, I think now I'm way more confident in that, like, I know, I, I can know deep down that I feel good about myself. I don't need to be, like, shouting it from the rooftops. Yeah. It's not an attack or a defense. It's, like, a state of being. Exactly. Yeah. Namaste. I, yeah, and I was, like, the exact same way where... But almost... Where it was, like, I wasn't faking, but it was just, like, bold. I didn't realize mm-hmm. the difference between boldness and confidence. Yeah, confidence is, like, you sit with it. Like, you, you when you meet someone who's confident, you're always, like, damn. It they shakes like, you yeah. to the core. Yeah, it's really it's, fucking cool. I don't know if it's a late and it may be lame to say, but I think confidence is more stoic. Yeah. yeah. I agree. There's a stoicism to confidence where it's kind of like, um, whereas other things are, yeah. People like come to you because mm-hmm. you have this sort of like self-assuredness Yeah, and like, you know, one, the way, one of the ways that like I thrash out when I'm feeling not confident or threatened is I get in like fights with people, not oh, big no. fights, but like I get in these confrontation yeah like it's like um you know and it's become too obvious of a pattern for me to ignore at this point but like like you haven't had a good fight with someone in a while yeah it has been a while i'm proud of you thank you um i mean i lost a friend this summer but that was more me putting up boundaries with someone that i was like kind of enabling oh okay yeah i thought you lost (laughs) i thought you were saying friend died this summer still doing pretty good though i was like damn no 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 uh, she got cut from the roster for okay. personal reasons. But Draft season is rough. It's yes. Cool. Yeah. Sometimes you love people, but you gotta lose a good one. You, yeah. you gotta trade. I did that too. It's hard. It's a really hard one. It feels so like, uh, now you are no longer able to be in my elite squad. Like it feels judgmental, but it's not, it's just like a, uh, you know, keeping yourself safe type thing. But I guess more so like a friend of mine moved back from DC recently he's a comedian and he started in New York so he's kind of reacquainting himself with the New York scene mm-hmm. and he's te- he's asking me about people and every person I'm like this fucking blah, blah. like not like mean but just like sort of having my own opinion about you know they did this and that pissed me off in Your this two way cents. yeah like I'm very very uh Jud- I think you, I think you hold grudges. I hold grudges. I think like if somebody wrongs Ooh. you, then you'll hold on to it literally forever. Forever, yeah. And mm-hmm. it's it's like this. I don't even know. It, it shouldn't even bother me. You know what I mean? Like a, a confident person would just be like, "Oh, that sucks that they did that," but it doesn't have anything to do with me. But like 
when someone wrongs me in a very specific way, it's this like, I'm going to make them pay. And it's really <laughs> savage. Yeah. But I, it, get, I, I, I relate to that. Yeah. I have a thing where uh, I found that I, I'm a, I was never like a reactionary person. Yeah. Even when I was like sketchy, if someone would do something to me, I wasn't the guy that's going to show up to your house and beat the shit out of you right away. Mm-hmm. I would just wait. Yeah. And I, I don't like hold on to bad feelings, mm-hmm. but I have like a little list. Yes. And if you're on it, I'm just like, I'll be very patient. And it's not about getting revenge. It's just about you paying your due. Yes. It's like, you got to pay. It's these, and eventually you will. And you got to pay for entry. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have to wrap up the show, but <gasps> it, you've been a delight. Oh, thank you Where so Where can people find you and follow you? Oh, they can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Sexually harass him, ladies. <laughs> Please come we didn't at me. Free. We didn't even get to the blood vial, but maybe another oh, day. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe another. I'm happy to come back and <laughs> yeah. give you guys an yeah, update. Yeah, I would love that. That woman is not allowed to speak to me anymore, though, so we're going to have to get a new blood vial lady in here. <laughs> <laughs> You're taking applications. Come out yeah, of the yeah. woodwork. Where, where can people find your new special? Um, the new special will come out on Dry Bar, but I think it'll be online too. My old special is on YouTube for free right now. Yes. Ooh. So if you just Google Shane Smith, you'll find it probably. Beautiful. S H A Y N E Smith. Yep. Beautiful. And, and what's the podcast called? It's called the. I have a podcast called Cowboy Boys. Cowboy Boys, yes. Which um, I will say this is the most genuine conversation I've had on a podcast in a while. Oh, wow. My podcast is. Silly Town it's, USA. It's so I mean, silly, but it's so fun. You need a little bit of that in your life. <laughs> yeah. Though. So after you listen to this and you're crying, um, <laughs> rehabilitate yourself yeah. with some cowboy boys. Cowboy boys. Cowboy boys. Cowboy boys. And if you would like more hot mess, yes. which I know you do, get in here. You can follow us on Instagram, Hot Mess Comedy Hour, uh, or on Twitter, Hot Mess Podcast. And once again, go to patreon.com slash hot mess for the entire. Hot mess. Hot mess. Slash hot mess. Get in there. For the entire month of December, if you join Patreon at either the $5 or the $10 level, you will have access to both December bonus shows. Come on. And our crossfaded. I, sorry, I have to do the she hand motion. It up. She did it. I have she to physically I have, did an X. I have in the to air. do it every time I do it. It's crossfaded. Crossfaded. Uh, get ready with us vlog. Yes, which both. will be available uh, middle of the month. I mean, may I say, both of our bonus shows, beauties in their own right. One of them, "Go mm. Fuck Yourself," is where we talk about people who can go fuck themselves. <gasps> Pretty straightforward. I love it. As really a lets me. We talk a lot of shit. Air my pettiness. Yeah. Um, the last one we talked about a recent guest and then they did like something you know what do I you really nice anymore. for us anyways we're wrong <laughs> we're very wrong we're bad people and then the other one season of the bitch the seasonal fucking show this season we talk about all the the comedians who have been on the show that we fucked and the stories around that what? very juicy what? I would love to listen to that <laughs> you guys are, by the way you're crushing it on the naming of all the <laughs> season you. of the bitch <laughs> Thank Thank you. I feel like that would be a pretty cool comic there's I know. like yeah. naked Ladies doing magic on the this front. This is the season of the bitch. That's the theme song. Um, yeah, patreon.com slash hot mess. Uh, see you next week. It's, it's a, a comedy, comedy podcast. podcast.